0: Hello and welcome to Broadband Conversations. My name is Jessica Rosenworcel and I'm a member of the Federal Communications Commission. And this is the podcast where I get to talk to leading women from across the technology, innovation and media industries. You get to hear what they're working on, what's on their minds and what they think is the next big thing. And I'm really excited about this episode because it is actually not a normal episode of Broadband Conversations. This one is a continuation of our last discussion because I got the chance to talk with five really remarkable women who are superintendents of school districts from across the country. And our dialogue was so fun and such a treat that we thought we would extend it and have this special second episode. And they're going to talk about technology and the virtual classroom and continue some of the themes we discussed the last time we gathered. And I hope you enjoy it. So over the course of this discussion, we've heard some references to schools loaning out wireless hotspots. We've heard some discussions about Wi-Fi parking lots. And I know that we've also mentioned E-Rate, which is the nation's largest education technology program, and it helps fund connections to classrooms. I think we should use it right now to meet this moment and help fund connections to kids. But I'm wondering if in any of your districts, there's something that you're seeing, even just in the short term, that is working well, or there's something that you imagine for the long term, because I think it needs to be a national goal that we close this homework gap and make sure every child has the ability to go online. So I'm curious what's working best in your districts, if anyone wants to go first
1: we've been surprised pleasantly surprised by the effectiveness of the point to point access points that has yeah, been yeah tell us a some more tell us some
0: more about what you're doing with that that's what, very interesting
1: essentially anywhere that's within line of sight from one of our schools which already have strong fiber connections so anywhere that we can see point to point from there We can install, and keep in mind, I am not the tech person in our district, so I'm going to oversimplify this, but we can install a point-to-point access router to that home or business. And then that allows them to create a neighborhood network. And it's been really exciting for us, especially the way that our community is designed. We have three very distinct neighborhoods, and one of them is on a hill that had very little internet access, but it was easy to see our high school from that hill. So we reached out to a number of households in key neighborhoods that through our surveying, we knew were internet deserts. And we said, can we install this in your home or on the side of your home? And it's been amazing to see how supportive people have been to that idea. And then because it's coming from the school, it's automatically filtered it automatically only works with our district devices. So it's protecting the access for our students. And it's really been one of our most positive uh, methods of getting internet to a variety of neighborhoods.
0: So I imagine you're using unlicensed spectrum or Wi-Fi to do that. Um, I'm wondering if you, and where that idea came from. Are you sharing that kind of idea with other districts and talking to others about how successful that's been?
1: Yes, it's become pretty common in our region now. And the credit goes to a gentleman in our district named Pat Kerrigan. He is our tech guy in our district and has just done a phenomenal job. He grew up in our community, he's committed to our community and he understands the needs of our families. And when Susan said that she was ashamed of not recognizing the need so strongly, those are the exact words I've been saying time and time again. I should have known and I did not know. And that's embarrassing. And so when we did our first internet surveys and then when we did our phone surveys, we really started looking at by neighborhood. And that's when Pat really stepped up and he gets the credit for that idea, but it's just been so incredibly effective.
0: That's neat. So what else is working uh, in other parts of the country? I'll go. Um, I think that the device distribution process that
2: we went through um, was incredibly successful. I think. You know, number one, having to do it quickly and efficiently, um, I just, you know, we had a few little hiccups here and there, but getting them out to as many families as you possibly could safely, um, it, it just went, went really, really well. Um, and our tech team, um, like the uh, person just before me spoke to, I mean, I'm not really involved in all of that. I just know it went off really well. Um, And then we, uh, you know, went through summer break and uh, there was all kinds of things on the back end with security and just all kinds of things that um, just went really, really well. The second thing I would say is just the resiliency of the staff um, to uh, take it upon themselves with all the professional development that's involved with (laughs) all the learning that that goes on when you're just learning how to, to stand this whole thing up. Um, they're so resilient. I mean, we have five-year-olds now who I, I get stories every single day um, that, that, that phone in, you know, a remote in, and, and they're supposed to wait for the teacher to, you know, help them sign on or, you know, push a button or what have you. And, and I, I just love to hear the stories of the five-year-old who says, Oh, I can do it myself. I can log on. I can do, you know. And before, you know, a year or two ago, I can remember um, the big, the big, uh, the big buzz was, oh, five-year-olds really cannot be on technology. They can't use the technology for testing. You know, that was a bit. And so, you know, just fast-forwarding, thinking through the the use of technology to uh, help students learn in a different way. I talked about this in my opening statement about the fact that there's certain things that I think we were forced to do quickly, um, that the silver lining for us is that, you know, you're, you're just forced to do, that I think we, we in our district were trying to get folks to do, that it just, you were shoved into it, and they're, they're doing it, they're doing it well. Hmm. Um, you know, I think given the choice, they probably wouldn't have done it, but it's going well and learning's happening. It's, it is happening. I'd like it to happen a little less disruptive in terms of the Wi-Fi and the device uh, capabilities like Susan and others talked about, but there is some fantastic innovation going on in our our classrooms. And it's because of the resilience of staff and students. So I'm- I'm
3: Christy, I'll build on that, you know, never waste a good crisis. Right. And I think that we've, our, our teams uh, in public schools across the nation have shown we're not wasting this crisis. We are putting it to good use and using it to advocate for things that we know our, our kids and families deserve. And, and I will, I will agree wholeheartedly with what Christy said around um, stepping up and, you know, rising to the moment. We deployed 13,000 devices in March when um, schools were closed to make sure that every child had a device. And we're, we're fairly confident that all of our children will have a device. We're still working on the broadband access. Um, but this has also, I think, really raised this issue in the eyes of the community about the fact that, as, as Commissioner Rosenworcel said early in this conversation, it's not a nice to have anymore. It's a have to have. And so we are actually, even though this is a, these are difficult economic times, we will be running a tech levy in November um, so that we can continue to make sure that our students have reliable devices, Um, and access to their learning during this time. So again, seizing the moment um, and making sure that we're making the most of it for our kids.
0: Um, All right, so let me ask Heidi another question just because I wanna build on what she said about developing her own network, which is really exciting but also you're from a rural area. And I'm wondering if there are lessons about connectivity associated with that that you would wanna export elsewhere what you're learning in this moment and what it could mean to help more students and more places like where you're from get connected?
1: Well, it doesn't help areas like Creston's. Our district is such a unique um, location. We're roughly a mile wide and three miles long. And so we're in this very condensed area, which is unique for a rural district. So I think for our situation, the thing that we're realizing is that when we enroll students now, and forever forward. We need to check them out a device and we need to ask, do you have internet? And if not, we either need to make sure that we have one of those point-to-point systems in their neighborhood or that we have a mobile hotspot to check out to them. I don't think that's optional anymore. And it is one of the things that I'm saddened that it falls on the shoulders of school districts, but so many things do and we must rise. And so until those resources are available, we have to step up and continue to advocate forever on universal broadband until it's everywhere. But until then, I think it's okay to say, when we enroll students, this is what we do. This is our new normal.
0: Right. Oh, and it was Anne who used that phrase about new normal. So let's um, <laughs> let's return um, to her and ask her a little bit about this too, because she's from the, I think the largest school district in this conversation. So tell us a little bit about what's working where you are and what do you think is coming next?
4: Um, Well, one of the things that I've really appreciated is the support of the community in terms of um, making sure that we did have the devices for everyone. So um, like one of my other colleagues, we had our own tech for kids campaign. And to date we've raised $275,000 um, through community donations, both individual and organization. In fact, we're accepting a check this afternoon for $35,000 from a family of car dealerships, which is really awesome. And they, those dollars go for uh, Chromebooks or hotspots. Our focus right now is on hotspots so that we can provide um, those services for families. We have also... Um, established Wi-Fi buses, and so they'll be going out into communities to provide um, internet services and places for families to gather and kids to gather to do their work. Really excited about that. We have 10 up and going. We'll have another 20 by mid-September. So like the old bookmobiles, we'll be going through the community with um, schedules so students can access services. And lots of our churches have also opened their congregations, um, their sanctuaries for kids and families to access um, Wi-Fi. So we're really happy about that. For those who can't do it, though, one of the things that we've done is we've issued the devices, recognizing that they may not have Internet service. But we've established what we call refueling stations, which means that the kids come up with their devices and also with thumb drives, we load their lessons on the devices, they can complete them and then come back in. And we will send those de- those lessons to their teachers and their teachers will connect with them that way. So they still get the devices, they still get to use them. They may not have internet service, so you may not have that immediate export, export to their teachers, but their teachers can get it, get the information. And they can go to any school site, we have texts, available for them to help them with that work. And I'm, I'm just like my colleagues, very impressed with our organization skills as educators. We can organize anything from a movie line, <laughs> you know, to thousands of kids going out for field day. And we've done that with device distribution, um, device repair, re- device replacement. We've been able to put all those in place for us, for more than 30,000 kids. And I think that's remarkable. And I've not had to think hard about how to do it. We, we do it, we learn our lessons, we, we refine it and make it all happen. So I'm really pleased that some of these things, the Wi-Fi buses, the expanded services, our connections with the public libraries, all of those will continue, I think, well beyond this period. And I love the idea that we came up with on the refueling stations because it doesn't take you out of the picture. You still get to use the devices. We just try to make it possible for you to do, for you to do that and do it easily.
0: Oh, I love that you call it refueling stations, too. You just um, make it easy for people to think that they're going and get in their next like that anyone else have something creative that's going on yeah uh, in the district you want to share yeah so i would like to um add i love the name refueling stations
5: we also do that we just give them the stick and um but one thing i'm really concerned about is that synchronous you know that connectivity with the teacher um and their classmates because you can't really do sell social emotional learning If the kids don't feel connected to each other. And so I think navigating through how to do that well with the lack of connectivity. But I just wanted to add, you know, we have looked at a variety of different options because you were saying what are some key takeaways for the future? We looked at the CBRS. So we've invested
0: the 3.5 gigahertz band. It's time for some spectrum nerdery. Go
5: for it. So, So had a long conversation with Utah and came to the conclusion that the transmittal, um, from one, two miles, um, doesn't go through trees. Right. And so that wasn't um, necessarily an option for us at this time, unless we had more powerful radios. Um, the receivers are around $200 each. So that mm-hmm. would be problematic,
0: but, you know, I'm curious about that. I have a son. Yeah. in the history, I and- mean, I, I love that. Um, you know, Education is now thinking about connection all yeah. the time and, yeah. um, and, that, um, and that you're looking at creative new ways to keep students connected. That's extremely cool. I hope, by the way, the propagation uh, potential for that spectrum is a little bit greater than you described. I also hope that the prices of those radios come down over time because the more solutions we can get right. in the marketplace to connect more students, and um, more better people, the better off we'll be. Cost. I think that we could from
5: the school perspective, but we can't navigate that through the trees. So maybe somebody (laughs) can something through the trees. Um, All right, we're gonna
0: work on the laws of physics there. Yeah,
5: yeah, just, just, um, you know, we have looked at um, increasing and getting um, more towers and cell towers, but I didn't realize it takes about five years for the permitting process. And so that's not gonna be a short term solution for us. I don't know if that could be streamlined or
0: Anything. There's some work going on to streamline that, but it is especially challenging in an area like yours that has yeah. a lot of federal lands right, um, and federal parks. Yeah. And so even as sometimes municipalities will streamline those rules to accelerate connectivity, we also have to make sure that those uh, areas of land that are owned by the federal government move fast, too. And I think that's right. actually a big issue in some rural communities like yours. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so... You're all dynamos and I hope when we look back on this period, we remember two things. First, what unbelievable heroes our nation's educators were. I don't think there is any sector in civic or commercial life that has moved so fast online and to digital realities. And I um I just think that's extraordinary. And in our day-to-day managing this crisis, we sometimes miss what teachers and educators and our students have done so rapidly, Um, and that's amazing. But I also hope, like someone else said, we don't waste this crisis, that we figure out how to make it a national priority to get every child connected, that we solve the homework gap, and that we see it as fundamental to learning that that child is connected in school and at home. And I just appreciate how you're all on the front lines doing this, and that you're coming up with creative solutions and figuring out how to serve your communities um, with a whole lot of heart. So thank you for that. Now, at the end of our discussions, I always ask a few questions. And now we've got five of us, so we're going to have to figure out how to do this fast. But I will probably call you out in order. But I want to know to everyone here, what was the very first thing you remember doing on the internet or online. So we'll start with you, Christy.
2: The very first thing uh, in terms of like way back when? when yes,
0: I, way back, way back, way back. I'm just, oh I want to, I want to see if it's anything interesting or anything we can oh, recall.
2: Oh my gosh. Wait, uh, now you're like Susan said, now you're really dating me. Um, I, <laughs>
0: I don't even
2: remember. Um, the very first thing I probably like, tried to search for something like you know, yes. look up something like yes you know, and I, I think I was I, I, I'm not going to say where how old I was <laughs> or what you were
0: looking up right <laughs> yeah, I, was to, I'm sure I was trying to
2: look up I think it was the Wide web of searching some sort of you know yeah. fashion plate or something you know some sort of yeah, totally I,
0: fair That's nothing, totally person, legit.
2: nothing 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 uh I can't come up with anything cool
0: all right what about you Anne?
4: Oh, I think that the first thing I did was, um, like Christy, uh, search for something. Yeah. I think it was a location. I thought about that when I got the question like. So I was searching for a location, trying not to get lost. Yeah, and, right, and, right. Yeah, yeah. So well, I you're
0: all that- teachers, so you're searching and looking for knowledge. It just all makes sense, right? Okay, all right, Creston, what about you? Well, this is,
5: you know computers came I mean the first computer was when I was in college so like I'm old um so I think it was probably some like science thing you know that I was looking up when I was teaching and I thought it was really cool that I didn't have to go to a book and open it up like it was uh, astounding
0: I know we have to explain that to young people today you know I right? know that uh, yeah all right uh, Susan why don't you why don't you go next?
3: Well, I started my career in education as a high school uh, English and journalism teacher, and I was the newspaper advisor at high school in Cupertino and Silicon Valley, and uh, my kids were all over the Internet, and this was back in 1996. and, you know, they were using it to do the work they needed to do to put that award-winning paper out. And so my first memories are actually not of me using it, but of watching my students using it and going, what the heck are they doing? What is that? Oh, um,
0: oh, and teachers course, learning from students. Imagine that, right? And, and will always be true. Always. Yeah. Okay, Heidi, finish us out. What was the first thing you remember doing on the Internet or online?
1: I loved seeing this question because it brought back such a fond memory. My mom went back to college when I was in high school and we lived about an hour and a half away from the college. And so she was one of the first people in our town to get Internet. And she did her class all via lowercase letters in this I don't know what it was, a certain certain room where she would interact with her college peers for her class. And I remember the beeping and the whistling noises and I knew she was getting on the computer and I remember our phones being tied up for hours. It was just such an exciting time. And I was so proud of my mom for being this rock star techie. And so I thought that was such a fun memory to have. So thanks for asking the question. Oh I haven't God, thought about fan- that in decades.
0: That is fantastic. <laughs> that is like the best answer ever because it's inspirational too about where our world was going and how your mom saw it first. Um, She's
1: still techie, too. She's pretty amazing.
0: <laughs> All right, next question, and I will call you out again. What was the very last thing you did on the Internet? We're being as current as possible. So, Christy, go ahead.
4: Well, as
2: I was mentioning to everyone, I just got a puppy. So I was searching uh, training tips.
0: <laughs> I I have a new pandemic dog as well. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yes. Um all right, Anne, what's your answer to the very last thing you just did?
4: My very last thing I did that um, was look at the DPAs, the Department of Public Health Statistics, for today. Oh, so, good answer. Um, That's good how, answer. I start, how I start my morning is to look at those numbers so that I'm prepared for the day. Okay, Creston, what about you? Yeah, you know, one
5: great um, opportunity that this pandemic has had is that we have our school board meetings online. And so... I am able to sit out on my porch and attend a a board meeting last night until about 10 o'clock. And we had our local health uh, department, Dr. Chen, um, come and answer questions. So it was really good. But um, I don't think that that will continue, but I'm really going to relish every minute of
0: that, being able to do that. All right. Uh, And Susan, how about you? What was the last thing you did on the internet or online?
6: Uh, It was actually to go find a press release from Congressman Adam Smith, who's a proud Highline alum, uh, where he is um, advocating for the renewal of the waivers to feed kids. And so that was what I did this morning.
0: Ah, that's fantastic.
6: And stately, too, I'm going to add. Okay,
0: Heidi, tell us, what was the last thing you did on the internet or online?
1: Well, in this wild time, I have been the person designing and launching our online learning portal. So I have been making the website. and So that's what I've been working on pretty much nonstop lately. But I think the funnest part of that is one of my fourth grade assistant superintendents did this how to video with me that we posted and the robotics kids edited it for us. And so it's just been so fun to see everybody come together to make this happen.
0: Oh my God, that's very cool. And I bet you I'm going to add, I bet your mom's proud. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're just gonna think a little bit bigger because you're all on the front lines of really the, how technology is changing education. So I want you to tell me, what do you think the future of digital life and the internet should look like? Like, what are your hopes and dreams for connectivity in the future? And I'll start with you, Christy, again. Well, I think
2: because it's such an unknown future, I have uh, aspirations of, of, and hope that sooner than later, um, that digital divide and the homework gap is clo- You know, we, we certainly can shrink that and everyone can have access to what the technology, certainly we have seen um, can provide. So that, that um, the future, um, the jobs, the, the instruction that we provide now, everyone has access, first of all, and that we, um, the equity that we spoke, that we all speak for, that we all stand for equity and excellence that technology certainly can serve in that tool.
0: Yeah, you bet. Okay, Anne, what, what do you want the future of digital
4: life and the internet to look like? Uh, much like Christy described it, it should be like water. It should be something that is available universally and certainly at, at no cost. I mean, I I want to think that in any community I walk into, that I can at least get a glass of water and that that is available to me. And I'm not having to pay for it because it is an expected right as a person who lives in the, one of the greatest countries in the world. So I expect that it will be universally available. We'll invest in the infrastructure to make it available to all. If you touch our soil, you should be able to have internet access. That is my view of the future.
0: Okay, Creston, what do you have to say to this question?
5: Well, I absolutely agree with my um, two uh, colleagues. Um, I think that fundamental shift of requiring wireless as a public utility, um, encouraging the design and encouraging access and really um, creating different ecosystems of connectivity for different places, but access for all so it might look a little bit different in the rural um but um it shouldn't be it shouldn't follow just the the vast populace um there has to be access so i love the idea of connectivity like electricity we know as a nation we have done this before right we have had efforts to connect everyone electricity is a great equalizer Right? Of course, we had
1: the Rural Electrification
5: Absolutely. Act a hundred years ago. We now we need to be like Rural Digitization Act. Yeah. Absolutely, that's exactly what we need. And so, and I think as a nation, I think that we will be intolerant of inequity from now on. Like we need to do everything that we can for the children of the future. And it really, you know, America really has to change. We have to change this. Um, and then I think I'm so excited that the tools of connectivity and the digital um, divide, the tools and access to that, I believe that we will never go back. We will never go back to before we close down because we have gotten smart. Like I I can even do Screencastify. Who knew that I was gonna even do those things. But you know, out of out of a crisis, we changed dramatically. So I am looking forward to that.
0: Ah, all right. I, l- I like that optimism too. Um- all right, Susan. What do you want the future of digital life and the internet to look like?
6: So, uh, like my my friends and colleagues here, I want it to be ubiquitous. I, I want that. I want this connection to be available to all and just to be the norm. It's just what we all expect and what we have. I also, though, want it to prompt us. I hope. And here's the English journalism teacher and me coming out um, to be critical consumers of information. Um, I think more than ever before, one of the things that we really want to do, have to do, frankly, is teach our children, our young people to be critical consumers. Just because you read it on the internet does not make it so. So I hope it makes us smarter, uh, and, and more, more discerning of what we see and read. And most importantly, I hope that it really emphasizes for all of us and reminds us constantly of the power and the need of connection and that above all relationships are what matter most. And I think that that's one of the things that has come out of this moment is how much we need and um, rely on our relationships with one another. And uh, connectivity helps, helps, helps us do that uh, remotely in these times, but it will never replace um, the face-to-face relationships that we all need and have.
0: Oh, that's so beautifully put. Okay, Heidi. You get the final and last word. What would you like the future of digital life and the Internet to look like?
1: Well, like my colleagues, I am hoping and very optimistic about the future of Internet access for all. I often say that rural students have all the talent and none of the access, and that's why I push for STEM programs in our community and robotics programs in our community. But I think this has really revealed that any child without Internet also has none of the access. And we really cannot accept or tolerate that. But with that said, when we get the future where we do have the unlimited broadband for every single student in America, then I think about what wonderful things we'll be able to recreate. This has forced us to really rethink every element of education in new ways. And not all of it has been positive, but the parts that have been are going to give birth to great new ideas and new experiences for kids. And I can't wait to be a part of that. When this is behind us, the future is bright. It's going to be wonderful.
0: Oh, you're all making me so excited in the middle of a crisis. This is very, very neat. Um, So I want to make sure people can keep up to date with each of you on what you're doing. So if you have a place online or social media that you'd like to call out now, I'm going to give you your opportunity. So Christy, why don't you start? So you can follow me at besd33.org is our website, and you can find me on uh, just, it's all listed on our, on our website. Okay, Ann, who uh, mentioned all that she's doing on social media, so go right ahead.
4: Yeah, I'm wonderful to share. Our district website address, of course, is um, sccpss.com, but my social, and of course, we have our own social media accounts there, but Twitter um, is at at AnnLPGA, and my Facebook account is superintendent, Dr. Ann LeVette. So that is my own account that I manage. Uh, but I would just invite people to connect to our website, district website, and then just do a search for me. My name's a little unusual, L-E-V-E-T-T. Uh, but most people can find me there.
0: Okay. Creston, how about you? Yes. I also had to look it up. Um, <laughs> my
5: personal, uh, Twitter, uh, for superintendency is at bar, capital B, little A H R Creston, Bar Creston, um, and then at Eatonville School District. E-A-T-O-N-V-I-L-L-E. Oh, Terrific. You can just Google us.
0: <laughs> okay, Susan, who I know is active online, go right ahead and tell us where yeah, so you're
6: filing. Finally- Sure. HighlineSchools.org. And Highline has Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, And my superintendent, uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Soup Enfield, S-U-P-T-E-N-F-I-E-L-D.
0: All right. So uh, to our last superintendent, Heidi, tell us where folks can find you.
1: I am not a frequent tweeter, but I am at Heidi White Saip on Twitter. And then our school district website is umatilla.k12.or.us.
0: Well, thank you all. That wraps up another episode of Broadband Conversations. Thank you for all that you're doing for our students. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Take care. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.